Yeah, we're hot. We're we're a little hot in the uh, telling. We're a little hot in the the Periscope feed. It's like Burr. I don't know how over the top uh, annoying it is. We're 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 still new at this uh, at this whole thing. We just started it this week, and we still haven't uh, perfected it. But uh, you know, I say perfected. It's not like we're trying to do rocket science, but it is. Uh, you know, uh, I I don't know. <laughs> I don't. It's Rob Zakari here. It's Rob Zakari show. We are uh, live. Uh, how are you guys doing? Oh man! So what a week. Where where do we where do we uh, where do we begin? Where do we begin? It's the it's the wrap up. It's the wrap up. Um, from Colin Kirkpatrick. I I call him Kirkpatrick. Cabernack. Call him Kirkpatrick. But uh, from Colin to Trump to Hillary, and it will take us into Labor Day. And then from there, we have 60, what, 64 days less uh, to the election, something like that. 64 days, 63 days. Everybody used to say that the election doesn't really start until after Labor Day. Well, at least that's what we were told when Hillary was behind. When Hillary is behind... We were told, ah, come on, it doesn't count. Uh, the election really doesn't get in the swing of things until after Labor Day. Nobody's really paying attention now because everybody is still dealing with their children. It's still a summer recess. Kids are wanting to go and Disneyland or whatever the hell it is that you do for the summer break, but, but this time around, because Hillary's up, it's over, it's over, it's over, so it's done, it's finished, that's what we were told, it's done, we're still told that, even as the polls are closing, I think the uh, CNN poll of polls, now remember, are all these polls accurate, who knows, Rather it's Monmouth, rather it's CNN. Who knows if they're all accurate? I mean, I'm not going to be in Alex Jones or one of these other uh, conspiracy <laughs> chemtrail guys. <laughs> I'm not going to be one of them. Uh, do I think it's completely reversed? No. Do I, do I think Trump's up by 10? No. Do I think Hillary's up by 10? Absolutely not. Do I think Hillary's up by uh, 5? No. I think it's uh, between 2 and 3. I think it's between 2 and 3. CNN poll poll says uh, it's 5. You have, uh, I think Monmouth says Trump is up. But I think it's a lot closer. I, I think we're... Within the margin of error. I think at the end of the day, we're in the margin of error. Remember, it benefits the media. It benefits 
the Democrats and the Democrats and the media are, are both the same. If you've been listening to this show for the past week and you're new, if you've been listening to the show from day one, you know my position. It's one and the same. It's one and the same. The Democrats control the media, rather it's CNN, rather it's NBC, MNBC, uh, CBS, it, it, it doesn't matter, but rather it's print, Washington Post, New York Times, and for having, uh, Carlos, isn't that his name? Oh, what a crazy name that is, but I think it's Carlos Slim, a uh, billionaire, a billionaire, it is basically... Uh, the owner of the New York Times. He owns a, a interest in the New York Times, or at least enough that they depend on him to pay the bills. You got uh, Bezo from Amazon over at the Washington Post. You got Zuckerberg over at Facebook. So, any way we get our information, rather it's print, rather it's the internet, rather it's cable TV, the Democrats control it all. They control every aspect. Every aspect. Doesn't matter which platform they control it. So it benefits them to tell everybody the race is over. Benefits them to tell anybody that's a first-time voter, someone that's jazzed up about voting for Trump, that their vote doesn't count. doesn't matter. Stay home. You're going to get up. You're going to possibly miss work because, of course, you have voting in place on <laughs> work day, which is preposterous but whatever so they're telling you listen don't take off from work don't rush to the polls after work just just forget about it it's over Hillary's got it it's over it's finished so it benefits them to do what they're doing but I don't believe I don't believe Hillary is up to the point of where she is. And the thing nobody once in a while you hear it, and I think when somebody kind of does a faux pas and they mention it, they get that Iggy. Or if they're wearing an earpiece, which rather it's Brianna Keeler or <laughs> Rachel Maddow, they're all wearing the earpiece. So they get that Iggy, and they're like, don't say that. But remember, Michael Dukakis, Michael Dukakis was I think he was up 15 points, maybe even more. But Dukakis was up. Dukakis was up big time. Democrats are pumped. Yeah, yeah, we got this. We got this. And week after week, that lead evaporated. 
just kept going week after week after week after week. And he lost. So this notion that we are too close to the elections to change people's minds. We're, we're, we're too close. We're too close. It'll never happen. Hell, that's back. <laughs> that's back pre-internet, pre-millennials, pre Oh, I like that today. Oh, I don't like that tomorrow. Oh, I like that <laughs> last month. I don't like that now. Two months or 68 days? No. That's a lifetime. Where we are today as a society, that's a lifetime. A and get forgotten or forgotten in a span of two months lightning literally lightning so we'll see we'll see after this uh, Labor Day weekend Trump's going to Detroit and Hillary is I have no idea you don't see her <laughs> she, she's hiding She's hiding. She's hiding. I, I mean, th- that's the strategy. Their their concept is this. This election is not about Hillary Clinton. It's not about Hillary Clinton. It's about Donald Trump. And for you never Trumpers out there, it's for whoever the Republicans would have put up. Because I know all the never-Trumpers, and you all know who you are. I know when you're disgruntled, angry, bitter. Why not me? Why not my guy? Hearts. You feel, oh, if Ted Cruz would have been the nominee... He'd be up by 10 right now. If Marco Rubio was a nominee, he'd be up by 15 right now. Hell, if Mike Huckabee be up by 8 by now. Uh, wrong, wrong, and wrong. All wrong. Because if you think Democrats, the media, social, all of those people that control those entities, all those executives, if you think they are all Republic fans, they're all lovers of the conservative movement, but Trump just happens to be so bad. And so horrible. And if it wasn't for him, if it wasn't for him, CNN, CNN every day 
would be running stories about how awesome Marco Rubio is and how awesome Ted Cruz is. You're insane. You're delusional. Absolutely delusional. They'd be losing worse. They'd be down worse because they would be fighting back. They wouldn't be fighting back. They wouldn't be putting up resistance. Ted Cruz would go, well, see, that's just, we have to go and just follow the Constitution. And then when we follow our hearts in the vein of Ronald Reagan, okay, all right, Ted, all right. Remember, Hillary doesn't have to go out there and campaign every day. Hillary doesn't have to. When the media is controlled by you, I mean, Chelsea Clinton is the president company that owns the You see the Daily East columnists when you're online everywhere. If Yahoo is one of your main browsers or Google or, who, or whoever for that matter, Daily Beast, any story they do is always at the top. A few days ago, we talked about the whole Dr. Drew situation. Dr. Drew gets fired from CNN. People start to go, hey, was this because of Hillary? Is this what happened? And the Daily Beast does a hit job on Dr. Drew and outlines every horrible thing that he's ever done or been involved with since 1999. And says, no, 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 no. Dr. Drew was fired because of all these reasons. All of these reasons. He was fired, and he should have been fired. He should have been fired seven years ago. But CNN just, I guess, didn't get to it. Or the media in general, the people that hired him. Rather, it's uh, uh, Cumulus on the radio or whoever owns the love lines syndication and Chelsea Clinton is the president of the company that owns the Daily Beast I mean look what guys look at CNN look at CNN as far as uh, panelists. If you watch CNN and they go to their panel, the panel is always, always four against two, five against one. And that Paul Begala is on there, whether it's Cooper, Lemon, Blitzer, Keeler. And he runs the super PAC that's out there creating the ads that are playing in every single state that are blasting Trump. Kids watching TV and Trump goes, 
and they can go F themselves. Rather, it's NBC, MSNB, every single channel. I mean, that's wild into itself. That CNN, who's supposed to be news, okay? He's supposed to be news. They're supposed to be news. And Paul Bogat, a super pack. I mean, I, that, and it's not just any super pack. Like I said, it's the super pack. I know a lot of super packs go on there. So this is so and so. They run a, a pro Trump super pack. Uh, Latinos for taco trucks, uh, whatever it is. I don't know. I get that, but Bagala is the super PAC. That they are the super PAC. So Hillary doesn't have to go out on the campaign trail. She doesn't have to go and give speeches. She doesn't have to give her vision. She doesn't have to do that. You have CNN. You have MSNBC. You got Joe Scarborough. Joe Scarborough and Mika Brzezinski. These two losers. Two losers. Who used to literally, literally slob all over Trump every day. They would hang out with him at Mar-a-Lago. The only reason, the only reason they are doing what they're doing to Trump is because they're terrified to lose their job. I don't know if you guys remember this, and we've talked about this until uh, the, 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 we've talked about it ad nauseum, but let's revisit it. Remember, when Scarborough and Brzezinski were partying at Mar-a-Lago, Literally, I mean, for, forget, forget just hanging out pre-voting, you know, in, in Florida or South Carolina, whatever, or, or a, a rally. Literally hanging out, literally going to Mar-a-Lago and having dinner at the club, okay? When that was going on, everyone at CNN... I listened to Glenn Beck, okay? I listened to Glenn Beck rip Joe Scarborough and Mika Brzezinski for at least 45 minutes, okay? The list is too numerous. The list is too – the names, there's too many. But Scarborough and Brzezinski got tortured. They got tortured. And then they did that town hall with Trump. And somehow, somehow, go figure, someone leaked the hot mic commercial conversations. Where it showed Brzezinski going, that wasn't that bad. And Trump going, okay, so, you know, don't, don't make it too hard. So, so it basically showed them all chummy, chummy. And basically, the entire interview 
being what is normally done for Hillary Clinton when it comes to the entire media landscape. When Hillary Clinton is doing those sit-down interviews, remember a couple months ago, she'd do one with Rachel Maddow, or she'd do one with Chris Matthews. You don't think she knew what was being asked? You don't think they worked together? Or I shouldn't say her, because she never puts herself out to the point where she can get caught or she can get implicated into something. It's always Cheryl Mills or Huma Abedin. You don't think Huma or somebody uh, had worked out what was going to be asked and what wasn't going to be asked or something to be asked so Hillary could comment on something? Of course. So basically, Scarborough and Brzezinski were caught on hot mic doing exactly what Cooper and Blitzer and Maddow and everybody else does with Hillary Clinton. And wow, social media lit up. Talk radio lit up. Print lit up. Washington Post wrote articles. New York Times wrote articles. Everybody wrote articles about how deplorable and horrible and nasty and just un-American. I mean, they lit into Scarborough for basically aiding and abetting Hitler. I I mean, it, it was out of control. And then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, Brzezinski and Scarborough pitted. All of a sudden, all of a sudden, Donald Trump was the worst human being in the world. They went from having dinner. All of a sudden, they went from having dinner All of a sudden, they went from having dinner. I'm la- I laughed. <laughs> I had to laugh because somebody not not to break the flow. I know you guys are are into the flow here, but um, over on the the Periscope, over on the video feed, uh, somebody commented on one of the monitors and there's like a bedazzled jewel. <laughs> there's a bedazzled jewel. And they said, what the hell is that? <sighs> because we have about four monitors and this was my girlfriend's uh, monitor. Okay. <laughs> and so uh, on one of the computers or one of the setups that we had, I just grabbed her monitor, and, and I put it up here. So it's an old monitor. I mean, this is, it, over here, I got the IMAX, but this is an old monitor. This controls the soundboard. This one just controls uh, 
the uh, uh, you know I I have news stories up here and things I want to get to, and I don't use this to control uh, any of the sound that's going through Spreaker or things like that because sometimes uh, you, we get audio dropouts because the technology still has flaws in it. So that's it. So I'm sorry. It's all right. I had to answer that question, and I want people to think I'm like a, a, a complete flaming fanoo. All right, back to Brzezinski. <laughs> and uh, Scarborough. So when that happened, Scarborough and Brzezinski pivoted. They pivoted, and they basically went on a tirade, and they've been on a tirade. Ever since. They've been on a tirade ever since. And the only reason for that is because they got so much heat from everybody in the media. And then, of course, an executive at MSNBC said, guys, we're going to have to fire you. You're violating X, Y, Z in whatever clause is in your contracts. What you're doing is wrong. You can't be biased. You you can't look like you're in cahoots with a candidate. I don't know if Andy Lack still over at MSNBC. But yeah, that's what happened. So now, Scarborough and Brzezinski light Trump up every single day. So they don't get lit up as far as the media and as far As their bosses. So Hillary doesn't have to go out and campaign. She doesn't have to go out and do press conferences. You really think, okay? You really think she's going to go do a 45-minute press conference? You, you really think that's going to happen? No way. Absolutely not. Why would she do that? Why would she put herself in a situation where she's going to be asked question upon question upon question about, you know, rather it's uh, Huma Abedin maneuvering to get passports and so forth and so on for big donor. Why is she going to put herself... The fact that a whole bunch of emails related to work, not yoga, not wedding stuff, but emails that she said she had turned over already, she turned over all work-related 
emails. Remember, she said that. This is not a right-wing conspiracy thing. She said that. She said, on more than one occasion, I turned over all work-related emails. But obviously she didn't. Obviously she didn't. So people will ask her, well, you said you turned over all work-related emails. But these other emails involve work, and they weren't turned over. What's your response? Uh, well, I, I, I forgot. She kid's not going to say that. She wouldn't even say that she messed up and that she wasn't truthful when the FBI director said she messed up and she wasn't truthful. Bill Clinton said, ah, the FBI director's a kook. He's nuts. So she's not going to put herself out there to be questioned. Why? Why would she? Why would she? She's not going to put herself out there to be questioned. I mean, guys, think about this. Okay? Just just think about this real quick. Hillary Clinton, Hillary Clinton had a letter from her doctor that listed all these things that were wrong with her. Listen to all these things that were wrong with her. She fell down at one point and hit her head, had a brain clot, had all, had all these things that were pretty bad for a 60-something-year-old woman. Wearing big Coke bottle glasses. She has coughing fits. When you see her on the campaign trail, she looks like she's going to die. I mean, seriously, she doesn't look good. No matter how many times they, they redo her hair, no matter how many times they give her a new wardrobe. And let me throw this out there real quick. We haven't seen her in a little bit of time. I know this is something off of a Veep episode, but don't be surprised if when you see Hillary again, she looks a little younger. Don't be surprised. Don't be surprised if this extended amount of time that we have not seen Hillary She's not getting a little Botox, getting a little stretch. She's not getting a little work done to make her not look so haggard. Because everybody's questioning her health. Because people on social media have been talking about filming her at her events and Posting it online and dissecting how she walks and dissecting if she's wheezing or whatever. 
So don't be surprised. Don't be surprised. Seriously. If she's not in hiding to get a little work done, so when she comes back, all this talk of her health and how she looks being haggard and tired and sickly. Kind of erases, not all of that, but a little of it. A little germ goes a long way. I mean, it really does. A little juvederm, a new haircut. Maybe, <laughs> maybe uh, some fresh clothes that don't look like uh, Kim Jong-un goes a long way. So don't be surprised. I don't know. I'm not guaranteeing or saying I know anything, but, but here's the thing. She went through all these health issues. She's nowhere to be found. She has a limited schedule. Okay. You know, we could talk about the media doing the job for her so she doesn't have to. But let's pretend the media isn't controlled by Democrats. Let's just pretend. Nobody is doing any investigative Reporting on Hillary Clinton's health. No one is saying, well, let's speculate for a minute. When it comes to the media, they consider that debunked. They consider that conspiracy theories. They consider that crazy talk. But yet, John McCain, as far as the media was concerned, was riddled with cancer. As far as the media was concerned, regardless if it was melanoma, regardless, he was riddled. Riddled with cancer. Riddled. Now, jump to now. Trump has a doctor that writes a letter that says he's in excellent health. Writes a little letter, excellent, awesome, blah, blah, blah. It was released back in December. I mean, old news. Old news. Absolutely old news. The time to dissect that letter And probe that doctor has already long passed. It's gone. It's old news. And here we are today going into Labor Day weekend. And it didn't just start today. But if you go to CNN, they have... The investigative journalist, that Drew guy, I don't remember his last name, Drew something. 
And he's tracking down the doctor because NBC did it. And now CNN's doing it. They're tracking down the doctor and they want questions. They want to know why he wrote this letter and how could he write this letter and did he examine Trump and what's going on here? And yet, here's Trump going from Mexico to Arizona to New York, New York to Florida to Texas, from Texas to Alaska. This guy's got more energy than a 16-year-old boy. This guy's got more energy than a, than a, than a child with a, with a new toy. And they're actually trying to play the game of, oh, well, we got, what about his house? So let's pretend the media is not controlled by Democrats. Is that just insane that there would not be any investigating Hillary Clinton, her doctor, her health, but somehow, somehow, the doctor that gave the letter for Trump is a quack, is a kook, he's covering something, Trump must be unhealthy. And yet, Trump's the one who's bouncing around the country, and Hillary Clinton's the one that's going, my people, when I... Hold on a second. Let me get some water. I I mean, who coughs like that? Unless you took an, a massive bong hit of wax and Girl Scout cookies, or you got COPD or miliofeminosis, or tuberculosis. Who coughs like that? And the media, again, let's pretend, pretend they're not all liberals and Democrats. They have the audacity to act as if that's not happening, and yet Trump is hiding some secret illness. He's hiding some secret illness. It's just, it's, it's, it's crazy. It's just crazy, and it is, it is how the media works and the fact that I've said it over and over again, we are doomed. We are doomed. We are literally doomed. And when you look at the moderators for the debates, when you look at the moderators for the debates, you're basically looking at a three to one ratio. I mean, if you want to be technical, Lester Holt is a bleeding heart liberal. Anderson Cooper is beyond a bleeding heart liberal. When he's doing, listen, when you're doing man pyramids in an island, okay? When, when, When you're doing man periods 
or pyramids, periods. <laughs> they, they don't have periods. Well, maybe some of them do. When you're doing man pyramids on an island, okay? <laughs> With the guy from Bravo, eating heart liberal. Seriously. Seriously. When you and Andy Cohen are doing fashion critiques on Twitter and Instagram, so he's the other moderator. And then the third moderator is that Martha, what is it, Rosinski or... I, 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 Martha Radinsky, not exactly 100% correct or sure on her last name, but it's, it's Martha something. Martha Korinsky, something, I don't know. And then Wallace. So you got one Republican. Not one Republican. Now, I'm not saying, hey, Hey, you, you got to put Rush Limbaugh on there. But what's wrong with the Sean Hannity or a Bill O'Reilly? And you can't scoff at that. If there's any um, leftists listening to the program right now, you can't scoff at that. You can't scoff at that. Cooper is as kooky and as nutty on the left as a Sean Hannity or, hell, a Mark Levin is on the right. I mean, Anderson Cooper is a joke. I mean, the guy does the New Year's Eve ball drop with Kathy Griffith where it's basically an hour to two hours of her sexually harassing him. Seriously, it's it's this well, I don't want to use the derogatory name, but it's a blank hag trying to embarrass and Harass one of the biggest queens on television. I mean, that's Anderson Cooper. That's Anderson Cooper. I mean, I'm not being derogatory. Might be throwing a little zingers in there. Now, some people are saying Wallace isn't Republican. He's a. I don't know for sure, but he's a lot more on the right side than Holt, Cooper, and Martha there. Okay? The, I mean, so he might not be, you know, a, a, a staunch rah 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 conservative. You know, maybe maybe he's 
right center. But he's not Anderson Cooper. He's not Martha Rosinski. He's not Lester Holt. And come on, man. So, look at the moderators for the debate. It's a joke. It's a joke. You think anybody's going to grill Hillary Clinton? It's going to be like when they just blasted and tortured Trump at every one of those debates. That's all. That's all it is. That's it. It's just insane. (laughs) It's just... It really is. It's insane. It's insane. It is what it is. And that's why I've said from day one, we're doomed. We we are. We're doomed. Because as long as we don't control the media... We're always going to get exactly what we've got. And sometimes it's even just subtle. I'll be another example of something that's very subtle. So last night on CNN, I know some of you go, why do you watch CNN? I got, I got them all. I, got, I put on CNN. I put on MSNBC. I put on Fox. But MSNBC, listen, Lawrence O'Donnell's unwatchable. Lawrence O'Donnell's unwatchable. Chris Hayes is unwatchable. That smug, hipster. I mean, Lawrence isn't necessarily hipster, you know, older, but he's more of a older hipster. But you know that smug look they get? I mean, Chris Hayes, the glasses, the whole, uh, just that, that, that snarky, Oh, man, he's every douchey, hipster, douchey douche that you see in Starbucks posted up on one of them big old couches with their laptop and their chai latte. He is every single one of those hipster douchebags. When you go to Starbucks, you know, yeah, okay, uh, I just get your, uh, what, what do you got brewing? What coffee you got? A pike? Okay, let me just have a large pike. And you look over, and there's Chris Hayes with his headphones on, and he's watching a movie. Watch it. Who the F goes to Starbucks and posts up in the corner on an overstuffed couch and watches a two-hour movie on Netflix? Who does that? Chris Hayes. The ultimate hipster douchebag. So when I'm watching, and I, I I deal with, I deal with Matthews. Once in a while, uh, I, I'm into Matthews. I mean, he's he's a little bleeding hardish, but I think he's more of an old school uh, Democrat. He is. He's de- he's definitely he's definitely not. Uh, an extreme left. He's not Rachel Maddow. I mean, like, go down the list. You got Matthews, Maddow, Hayes, and O'Donnell. If you had to be stranded on an island with those four, 
Who would you rather be on an island with? Right? Yeah, guys, I know. I know he loves Hillary. He gets weepy-eyed when he sees Hillary make her speeches. But who would you rather be on an island with? Who would you rather be on an island with? And you can't say Maddow pre-Rachel Maddow. You can't say the Maddow with the long blonde hair. You, you can't say Maddow before she was a dude. Okay? But out of those four, if you go, all right, I have to be with an MSNBC show host, you go with Matthews. He's tolerable. I mean, come on. The guy, the guy is the ultimate... <laughs> Whenever there's a girl, whenever there's a girl or a woman, whoever is on that show, because he'll do like a little posture segment, <laughs> and he'll have you know somebody from like The Good Wife or well, one of those women, and he'll be like, I just want to tell you that your show is great, and I, I got to tell you, you're more beautiful in person. Uh, it's just oh, thanks, Chris. I just. His mouth's all wet, and, and, and it's all because he he gets he's one of those people that get the wet mouth. You know those people, and they get all juicy, and you can see the the saliva building up in their mouth, and it's and they gotta suck the spit back in, or it's gonna it's gonna drool down their lip. He's one of those guys. So I have. MSNBC up. I have. I know he did. Remember when he was moaning about Melania Trump? Oh, look at her. It's like she's walking down the. It's like she's walking down the, the like the, the the modeling stage. Oh, I swear. Hot, on hot mic, he's like, oh, you you. He literally heard him go, oh. <laughs> him and him and Bill O'Reilly. Bill, get me the loofah. Oh, just get me the loofah. It's together, him, the loofah, the wet mouth. You get Gretchen Carlson in there with their iPhone to record it. It's a party. You have Rachel come in with the strap on. <laughs> it's a whole mix. It's a whole mix. It's liberals. It's conservatives. It's Wild kinky sex, yeah. So there, that's why I get uh, MSNBC on there, guys. But anyways, I digress. We're doomed. Uh, it's bad. <laughs> the media is horrible. It's never going to get any better. It's always going to be the way it is, and it will be like this forever and ever and ever. So, unfortunately, get used to it. Unless unless we can, you know, I don't know. Trump, Trump's got to, um, I think what Trump's got to do in the, in the, the I, here's, here's the only thing I could imagine. You got to do what the Democrats do. No, no hear me out. You got to do what the Democrats do. You got to do what they did back in the days. Going to have to get buses. 
besides uh, getting dead people to vote. But aside from that, I'm not talking about fraud. Going to have to do is get buses. And I mean a lot of buses. Going to have to drive into these rural areas and literally pick people up and bring them to vote. You're going to have to go into the rural areas of Pennsylvania, Ohio. You're going to have to get those people to vote. You got to pick them up. You got to go to Virginia, West Virginia, you know, where the the wild, wacky whites of West Virginia, you, whatever that, that movie on Netflix was. All them crazy white hillbillies that were hooked on oxycodone and <laughs> snorting pills while they're pregnant with <laughs> with uh, kids and the kids they, they have the kid and the kid gets taken from them and we need those people but you need the buses you got to do what the democrats do when the democrats set up buses and they go and they pick up old people they pick up the black folk. They just they just go and, and round them up. Offer them lunches and food and anything but money. But hell, you know they break the law and offer people money too. But that's what Republicans got to do. You, you, you got to go out there. You got to pick people up. Gotta, I mean, li- listen, I, I, again, I don't want to be off color. I don't want to be uh, too edgy. But y- you got to make it look like something from World War II. Okay? <laughs> I'm, I'm, again, I'm not, I'm not downplaying the Holocaust. I have a few Jewish friends. But you got to make it look like something from Auschwitz. Okay, you got to make it look like something for you got to have trains, you got to have cargo trains, we, you got to have cargo trains running from Pennsylvania to Ohio to Virginia, you got to round these people up, throw them in these cargo trains and get them to the polling station, march them out, get them to pull that Republican lever. And just like the Nazis did, stick that sticker on their chest and said, I voted. And then bust them back to their house, train them back to their house. I know it's horrible comparing it to Auschwitz, but that's what we got to do. That's what we got to do, and that's the only way we can win. It's the only way we can win. That's the only way we can win, because we're not going to do it. By influencing people with media. We're not going to get the low information voter. It's not going to happen. We can't get to them, okay? We can't get the message to them. We can't get the message 
to the low-information voter. You can't get the message to people like my dad. My, my dad has no concept how to work Twitter, how to work Facebook. My dad doesn't even really have the concept of how to control a computer. He's 78 years old. My mom got him a laptop, and she's got his stock portfolio already queued up. The computer never, ever is shut off, and all he has to do is run his finger over the little mouse thing, and then the screen pops up. Puts the little mouse arrow over the refresh button. Boom, it refreshes. The login is already in place. Password, the whole, I mean, it's really a three-step process. I consider him a low-information voter. Not a dumb person, but somebody who doesn't get the information unless it's on CNN or MSNBC. Or NBC or ABC or the or, or New York Times doesn't get it, so we're not going to be able to get to him. But we would. If one of them Auschwitz trains pulled up, and there comes your Republican representative. Hello, Mr. Zakari. We are here to take you to vote. We are here to take you to vote. Okay. Can I just get my hat and shoes? You do not need your hat and shoes. (laughs) How about my jacket? All right. We'll let you get your jacket. And then he tries to run. No. Get And they grab him. You're coming with us. (laughs) They throw him in 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 the train. They bust him out to the YMCA out in Rochester, New York. <laughs> hey, pull the lever. Here's your here's your your here's your Republican sticker. But that's it. Cuz we're not going to do it with the media. Not going to do it with the media. You're not going to do it with the media in 4 years. Unless our billionaires, unless our billionaires go out and do what Democrats have done. Unless our billionaires go out and buy newspapers. Our billionaires go out and buy networks. Our billionaires go out and produce movies. Our billionaires go out and create social media platforms. Unless our billionaires go out and do those things, we're not going to win in four years. You can shift on any position you want. You can have the Republican outreach autopsy book, because win, lose, or draw, Win, lose, or draw. You're going to hear the whole autopsy for this cycle. This is what we got to do. This is how we got to do it. This is how we got to change it. 
And you could say, all right, we're going to have an open borders policy just like Democrats. We are going to do everything that the Democrats do except our name. Our name stays Republican, but the people that represent the Republican Party are different. But we have all of the same views as Democrats. So, guys, vote for us. The media will still bury Republicans. The media will still bury Republicans. Doesn't matter if you have open borders. It doesn't matter if you have gay marriage. It doesn't matter if you let every cross-dresser in America use every bathroom, every shower. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Absolutely doesn't matter. Anytime, anytime a Republican, anytime a Republican says, hey, let's do this, or I'm going to do this, the media is there to say they're not genuine, they're full of crap, they're only doing it for votes. So you can transform the party from the bottom up. You could do that all day. And it doesn't matter. Because as long as the Democrats own the media, they will always, always shape culture to how they want it. They will always paint a picture of how they want it. Plain and simple. Plain and simple. I mean, look how many times the media has used John McCain and George Bush as being like the greatest guys in the world for what they did as far as Muslims, as far as being respectful, Obama. But yet, when they were running, they were the biggest pieces of dog garbage on earth. And all their respect and all their love, what did it get them? Nothing. So when John McCain back in 08, told that old lady, no, ma'am, no, ma'am. Barack Obama's a good man. He's a good Christian man who loves his family. He's a, he's a good guy. The media went, oh, wow. Okay. Well, you, you did what you were supposed to do. You did what you were supposed to do. And we're just going to say that. So kudos for doing what you were supposed to do. But you know what? You're still an old piece of crap. You're still an old piece of garbage who picked this 
idiot moron for a vice president. F you, old grumpy man. And here we are eight years later. Everybody's like, look at John McCain. Look how wonderful he is. Look what he did. Look what he did. Why can't Trump be like more like McCain? Look, if Trump would just be like McCain, why won't he be like McCain? Why won't he do what McCain did? McCain is such a great... Oh, he was a human dumpster eight years ago. Even when he came out and said... Barack Obama, he's a good man. He was still a dump. Now, oh, he's Mr. The, the, the pillar of Republicanism. He's a wonderful guy. Same thing with George Bush. Remember, George Bush, Bush is a scum. He's a murderer, a liar. I mean, the list goes on and on and on and on and on and on. And today, the media, look at George Bush. Look what he did after 9-11. He didn't blame the Muslims. He was a respectful president. He went to the mosques. He w- they were like, oh, what? He went to, oh, he's, yeah, and, what? He's a Republican friend. Don't you get it? Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter what the Republicans do. Doesn't matter. You could be John Kasich, okay? That whole notion, John Kasich, he'd be beating Hillary Clinton. Look at the polls. Look at the polls. Look, look at the polls. But Republicans don't want them. Yeah, but if you eliminated Trump and you eliminated Cruz and you eliminated all these people and you just put John Kasich up there, he beats Hillary Clinton. That's not how you run things, stupid. That, that, that's not how you do elections, that you don't sit there and go, well, if you got rid of this person, you got rid of this person, you eliminated that person, and this is the only person that... John Kasich would be losing. He'd be getting torched. Doesn't matter if he officiated or he went to a gay wedding. Because the way the media works is, oh, so you're for gays? Are you, you're for gay marriage? Well, yeah, I, I, I think uh, gay people should be, oh, okay, but do you support this person, that person, that person, that person, that person? Well, yeah, I support them. Well, they all think gays should be put to death. So you don't like gays. And then that's what's on the media every day, all day, seven days a week. So it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Until our side... And I don't care if that side's conservative, Republican. I don't care if that side is what they call alt-right. Any side that's not liberal, Democrat, extreme left, leftist. That's what I'm talking about. 
until anybody that's not the left controls the media, the left be in control. Always remember that. Always remember that. So when you hear the Glenn Becks or the Mark Levins talking about this is what has to be done and that's what has to be done and we got to do this and we got to do that and that's how we'll take back uh, the White House and we have to tell people and we... No. 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 Till we control the media. Till we control the culture. You have to control the culture. Nobody seems to understand that on my side. You remember culture wars? Till you control the culture. Till you control the media and the culture, you will never be in power. And I've repeated this over and over and over and over and over again. Until you control the culture, you're never, ever, ever, I repeat, my Republican friends, you're never, ever going to control the government. End, end of story. It's the only way. You could take your autopsy report and wipe your tuckus with it. That's what you could do, wipe it. Wipe it good. Okay? Never going to happen. You get you could flip on every position. Donald listen, Donald Trump could could save Donald Trump tomorrow. Donald Trump tomorrow can have a press conference and say, "I'm sending my plane to Syria. I'm going to put a 100 Children in my plane. Well, I'm gonna my my people are gonna hose them down. I'm gonna hose them down. Give them shots so they're not all, I don't know, whatever they got over there. I'm gonna bring these children here, house them in the Trump Tower or at the Trump Hotel Post Office thing in Washington. That's what I'm gonna do, and not just say it, okay? Not just say it, but then fly, you watch it, they get on the plane, they get their shots, they come back here, they're all put up in the hotel, a bunch of annies, and the media would still crucify him. They would still, and, and, and again, not just him, but if it was a Republican. I don't care who. I don't care who. Kasich. Could be Kasich. Kasich flies over there. He's got pizza, spaghetti. All the Syrians are eating their spaghetti and their pizza. He puts them up in a big hotel in Ohio. Tickets to go to Buckeye games. And they would still crucify. They would be mad because... 
because the 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 the, the, the it's cold there. Oh, that Kasichy, he could have put him in, in a warm weather. I put him in 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 Ohio, and he knows the Syrians are used to warm weather. Now they're now they're being tortured by the weather, and it's cold. And ah, oh, go figure, the crappy Republican. Rah. Me, every day you'd see this. And after about three weeks, he'd be like, yeah, yeah, that that piece of crap. What a piece of crap. Look what he did to those poor Syrians. And after another month, the media and, and, and the, the, the public that follows what the media says, they be then, along with the media, calling for the immediate return of the Syrian refugees. They'd be like, let them go back to Syria. Just read it. Just put them, put them and just put them there. That, it's horrible. They're in the snow right now. They're being fed pizza and spaghetti. That, that. And they'd be sent back to Syria. <laughs> Seriously. Seriously. I mean, look what happened with the whole... Uh, Mexico trip. Trump goes to Mexico, meets the Mexican president, stands on that stage, says whatever he wants, talks about the wall, talks about we never discussed paying for it. They do the press conference. They do the whole thing. He leaves, and then hours later, the Mexican president goes, Oh, I told him about the wall, and we're not paying for it. And immediately the press is like, ah, loser, you're a loser, Trump. You're a failure. You're a choke artist. You're a... What? Like, not one person, not one person went, wait a minute. Really, guys? He did whatever he wanted. He's not even the president. He, he, he's nothing. He, he's a candidate. And he's a candidate that everybody says is going to lose in a landslide. So there was absolutely no upside. Absolutely no upside whatsoever for that president to kowtow or do anything nice for Trump. But yet he did. He was intimidated. He was intimidated. He didn't say a word until Trump was gone. Till Trump was gone, and everybody in the Mexican press, everybody in the, the former government officials, they started laying into him. And I told Trump we're not paying for the wall. It's like, what? Wait a minute. Why didn't you say that? Why didn't you say that? The hours that you were together. Why didn't you say that in the press conference? Why didn't you do any of this? And that's what the press talked about. And no one in the press said, hey, it's kind of, it's kind of catchy. It's kind of squirrely for the Mexican president to do what he did. Instead, the press is like, ah, Joe Scarborough, he choked. Choked? How's he choke? It's not like he's the president. It's not like he's the president. 
where you would say, well, you know, the Mexican president is just trying to be respectful. He doesn't want to, you know, stick his foot up the president of the United States' ass. But Trump is, is nothing. He's a candidate that, I repeat, everybody says is going to lose in a historic landslide. So here's the Mexican president meeting with a candidate who's expected to lose in a historic landslide. And he doesn't say one thing in public whatsoever to rebut anything Trump says. Even when the president, besides tweeting, oh, I said we won't pay for the wall. He then even gave an interview with Reuters again, hours and hours and hours and hours and hours later, and said, oh, and I told him what he said about the Mexican people was wrong and it was bad. And it bad. He didn't say any of that on that stage. Hell, Donald Trump even controlled the questions that were answered. They're like, all right, we're going to take some questions. Trump was like, yeah, you. Yeah, you. Okay, you. He looks over at the Mexican president. Hey, yeah, go ahead, answer Go ahead, answer. That's what happened. That's what happened. And yet the press is like, oh, big pussy. Pussy? Who? Yeah, the Mexican president? Oh, no. Trump? Okay. So, my Republican friends. Okay? My Republican friends. My pals. My buddies. Unless we control the media, we will never, ever, 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 ever win. All right, it's Rob's Carry Show. We're going to take a quick break. And uh, I'm going to reboot up the uh, feed. I'm going to reboot up the feed. And when we come back, let's talk about uh, Gretchen Carlson and Colin Kaepernick. I know we were supposed to talk about Kaepernick uh, now, but uh, instead we're going to talk about when we come back. It's Baked Alaska. If you're listening on Blog Talk Radio, you could hear it. If you're listening to Spreaker, you're going to hear Silence. Either way, we'll be right back. Yeah. Thanks to Lester. We love our cops, our law enforcement. We love our military, they're important. We love our cops, our law enforcement. We love our military, they're important. And when I'm in the jam, when I'm in the jam, I know that I can call up the man, can call up the man with a plan. When I'm on the run, when I'm on the run, all I gotta do is
create some more. Thank you, Lord, when they keep us safe, when they keep us safe. You know they make America a better
I see that uh, I see that people are a little upset at the ten month rape guy. <laughs> I'm not laughing about rape. Everybody relax. I'm not. I'm not laughing about rape. There's nothing funny about rape. Rape is not funny. But it is kind of kind of ironic, just a little. It is kind of ironic that um, we kind of talk about criminal justice reform. And we talk about um, judges being able to have some type of leeway with what they give people as far as sentences, like minimum and mandatory, things of that nature. And when a judge, whether it's good or bad, uh, gives somebody a sentence that people don't like, uh, they are outraged and they say, wow, wait a minute. Wait a minute. That's wrong. And it makes you kind of go, oh, wait a minute. Um, I get rape is bad, horrible. But if you're going to uh, lobby and you're going to scream and you're going to yell and you're going to say we need to do away with ma- uh, minimum, mandatory minimums, you need to be able to put the discretion in the judge's hands. A judge has to be able to say, I think this person is showing remorse. I think this person um, should get another chance. If we're lobbying for that, we then can't be upset when a judge does exactly what everybody is lobbying for. And you can't base it on the crime. You can't say, well, what, what, what we mean about that is drugs, our theft, petty larceny. That's, that's what we're talking about. We're not talking about murder. We're not talking about about, you know, selling an ounce of weed. Well, again, rape is horrible and child molestation is beyond horrible. Murder is pretty bad, too. But you can't push for a law to change or you can't push for criminal justice reform, but have all of these nuances, well, if it's a black offender and he has crack cocaine, uh, then the sentence should be this. If it's a white offender uh, and it's crack cocaine, the sentence should be that. Now, if we're talking about rape and the rape involves uh, a 80-year-old lady and it's a black offender, then it should... 
you, you can't do that. If the concept is criminal justice reform, and we need to be able to have judges use their judgment, their discretion, what they feel in their hearts, it has to be across the board. And when we lobby for that and we push for that and we say we need that, we can't then scream and yell when a judge does exactly what we want him to do because we didn't like what he did. Can't do that. It's insane. I know it sounds horrible, but you can't go, yeah, but this is different. This is rape. You, you just, you can't. You, you, you can't do that. If you, if you want criminal justice reform, you want to be able to put discretion back into the judge's hands, and you want a judge to be able to say, you know what? These are different circumstances. These are issues. If that's the case, then you have to want that across the board. You can't pick and choose. That's like our – I mean, that's how we've become who we are as a society. I mean, and Obama and – and it, and it, and it's not it, it's it's a evolution. I mean, this has been going on for years and years and years and years. Obama was just the architect, so to speak. He he was able to to build it. All the pieces have been there. All the everything that we're going through now, the pieces have been there. They they've been created. 20 years ago, 30 years ago, 40 years ago, 50 years ago, 60 years ago. Obama just picked up all the pieces and put it together. And that's where we are now. That's where our society is. That's what we've become. I call it the the pick-and-choose society. We pick-and-choose what we want to be outraged about. We pick-and-choose... What issue is important, even though the outrage and the issue more than half the time is the same. So you have two things to be outraged out, but one of the things we give a pass to, the other thing, we go full meltdown because Obama has created uh, this society now where one thing is acceptable and justifiable and the other is not, even though they're the same thing. And that's where we are. And that's my two cents on uh, the raper, the rape kid that got three months. You're either going to support criminal justice reform and doing away with mandatory minimums or mandatory maximums and leaving it up to judges, then you're going to do that across the board and you're going to support that across the board 
we are going to go back to a system where you write down on a paper. I know it's old school, but you write down on a paper and, okay, murder gets you this. Drug dealing gets you this. Hit and run gets you this. You just list every criminal act, and these are the sentences. There's no wavering. There's no nothing. Everybody follows that. There, rape gets you this. Selling crack cocaine gets you this. Selling marijuana gets you this. If you happen to live in a state where marijuana is illegal, oh well. You're going to go to jail for two years. If you lived in California, nothing would happen. Go move to California. So we're either going to do that, or people just need to help if they like a outcome. Can't scream for reform, and then when somebody does what you want them to do, you're outraged because it's something that you didn't like the outcome of. And it's an issue that offends you. So there's my two cents. All right, so Gretchen Carlson, the new report, and we've talked about good old Gretchen before. So let's talk about her again. It's always fun to talk about Gretchen. And that being, she, she has tapes of Roger Ailes making sexually inappropriate comments. She recorded them with her iPhone. Now, once again, I will restate and when I read this story, I'm going to restate it much, much, much more forcefully. It says that Carlson started sneaking her iPhone into meetings with Ailes in 2014. 2014, we are halfway through with 2016. So for about two and a half years, Gretchen Carlson had no problem, absolutely no problem dealing with whatever Roger Ailes and the people at Fox were doing as long as she had a plumb spot on Fox News, as long as she was a featured player at Fox News. I mean, guys, 2014... 2014, if you are an emotional wreck, if you have been sexually abused 
if you've been sexually harassed, if you if you've gone through all these things, I don't know if she said sexually. I don't, I don't know if sex was ever involved. So let me re, 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 re retort. If somebody's been making sexually suggestive remarks, like I think you and I should have had sexual relationship a long time ago. Then you'd be good and better, and I'd be good and better. Somebody's been doing this to you and saying this to you and treating you like this since 2014, and you continue to work there. It's obvious that you didn't have a problem. It's obvious you did what you did for the day that you got fired or something bad went down with anybody at Fox. And in turn, you had a nice, retirement fund awaiting for you because you don't continue to be the star of a program and get sexually harassed and record it if there is nothing else or no other motive that is in your mind and it lasts two and a half years. It's almost like it's almost like every single mystery or suspense movie you've ever saw or somebody holds on to some micro tape or microfilm and close to the end of the movie they whip this out or they reveal to the main character I knew this day would come I knew this day would come And because I knew, I have documentation of every payment, every nefarious individual, every photograph. I have it all in a lockbox. And I said, if anything happens to me, go to this lockbox. Because you will see the evidence that ties you, you, into my death. So go ahead. I mean, that's what Gretchen Carlson did. I mean, that's what she did. And because Roger Ailes 
is a Republican because Roger Ailes is the architect of Fox News, the media, CNN, MSNBC, the whole crew, are painting this entire situation as poor Gretchen Carlson. She was being harassed by this big, bad, evil conservative. She was tortured. She was abused. And eventually, and eventually, she just couldn't take it anymore. And that's not the case. It's not the case. Not the case. This is obviously somebody who was prepared. This is obviously somebody that worked the system at Fox News. It's obvious that Gretchen Carlson, from day one, had no problem with what was going on there. And obviously, the problems developed when she was fired. When she was given the boot. When she was given the hee-ho. So, there's my Gretchen Carlson two cents. There it is. Good old Gretchen Carlson. Let's switch to Caberjack. Now, we talked about uh, Caberjack. Talked about Caberjack in the beginning of our show. I think it was Monday. Now, what's funny, once again about this whole situation, and it mirrors, it mirrors the Black Lives Matter terrorist organization, and that being, there is nothing organic, there is nothing spontaneous, there is absolutely nothing heartfelt about what Cabernac did and or Black Lives Matter for that matter. Because remember Cabernac Cabernac and I don't want to rehash the life of Cabernac. But when the guy was on top, when the guy was being compared to the second coming of Joe Montana and Steve Young, when the guy was doing commercials 
was Russell Wilson. When the guy was a game away from appearing in the Super Bowl. When the guy was calling another player the N-word. He didn't really seem to have a problem with the way black folk were being treated and the inequality in America as far as it pertained to black folk. He didn't really care too much about black folk back then. Seems like he only cared about black folk when his career started to go in the toilet. Seemed like he only cared about black folk and being anti-American when he got involved and converted to Islam. Seemed like he only cared about black folk and inequality and social justice and Islam when it seemed like he could lose his job as a quarterback for the 49ers. Everybody has been talking about how Kaepernick sucks now. And it's not just this year, but last year. He was horrible. He was horrible. And he's not the quarterback to ever uh, pop up almost out of nowhere, do good for a few seasons. And then crap the bed. It's almost like a one-hit wonder. Almost like a one-hit wonder. And what Kaepernick did with this whole controversy was put himself in a position to where if the Niners fire him, and remember, who's the coach of the 49ers? Chip Kelly. Remember when Chip Kelly was at the Eagles? Remember the heat Chip Kelly got? by one of the star players who is no longer there. I think he's actually in Buffalo. And that was basically Chip Kelly didn't like black people. Chip Kelly was a bit of a racist. So, Kaepernick, and let's not forget 
whether it's Tabernacle or Eli Manning or Philip Rivers, they have agents. They got money people. They got a whole group of individuals that make money from these people, the Cabernacs and the Eli Mannings. They make money from them making money. So it behooves them to keep that client making money. Because a cut player, regardless of guaranteed money or signing bonuses, eventually is not a cash cow for that agent anymore. If you are not playing in the NFL, if you are cut from a team, you essentially are a dying business. So at the end of the day, and this is a theory, it's just a theory, at the end of the day, you have a player who's on the verge of being cut. You have a player who's on the verge of being irrelevant. You have a player that's on the verge of becoming Vince Young quicker than Vince Young. And a whole bunch of people that are associated with them will be out of money. So, what do you do? What do you do? You have a coach that's already been labeled a racist. You align yourself with two groups that the media says are constantly oppressed. Maligned, abused, being Muslim and black. And you put yourself in a position where, hey, if you fire me, the questions will be asked, are you firing me because I suck? Because I'm really worse than the other two quarterbacks that are on the roster? Or are you firing me because I'm a Muslim? Or are you firing me because I'm part of Black Lives Matter? Are you firing me because I will not say Pledge of Allegiance? Because I sat on the bench. And I'm ultimately, I'm ultimately exercising a right that people who fought for the American flag 
people who died for the American flag, afforded me to do what I'm doing. So, go ahead, Niners. Make your move. Just a theory. Just a theory. But let's face it. Colin Kaepernick from last night is a different Colin Kaepernick from a week or two ago. The Kaepernick that sat on a bench away from the players, away from the sideline, defiantly sitting on a bench while the national anthem was being sung is a lot different than the Colin Kaepernick that just kneeled while the national anthem was going on. And the Colin Kaepernick that said, I'm going to donate a million dollars to charities that support social justice causes. Yes. So this organic, this, 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 this spontaneous protest, as far as I'm concerned, was a play to keep his job. It was a maneuver to keep that money flowing in to his camp. And to have other players like Eric Reed. Jeremy Lane from Seattle, Reed from the Niners. To do the whole kneel is, again, nothing spontaneous. Nothing spontaneous at all. And it highlights, once again, this quandrium that the left is in as it pertains to Trump when he says, black community, vote for me. What do you got to lose? You've got nothing under the Democrats. Look at your communities. Look at your schools. Look at the things that you have. Compare them to the things that other people have. And you've been being told year after year by the Democrats that they will give you all of these wonderful things, but they never do. They never come through. And as Trump says this, 
and the left starts freaking out going, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. What if, what if 10% of the 98% that voted for Obama and the 90% that are supposed to vote for Hillary, what if just 10 or 15% cross over and vote for Trump? We're done. It's over for us. Oh, no. Oh, no. We got to get out there and say what Trump is saying is wrong. So then Eugene Robinsons and the Charles Blow and the rest of the black liberal activists say, wait a minute, the black community is doing fine. There's just tiny, tiny little pockets of crime and poor schools and unemployment rates at 10 and 11%. Tiny little pockets. The majority of the black folk live a comfortable middle-class life. And then Cabernac does his whole kneel down. And then these players that I named do their kneel down. And word is, numbers could continue to grow. Numbers could continue to grow. And if that's the case, the quandrium continues for Democrats. Because you can't have three messages. You can't have three messages. You can't have four messages. Which is message one, pre-Trump. Black community is bad. Black community gets to short it under the stick. The black community can't even get good roles in Hollywood. The black community can't get good roles in TV. Black community gets treated bad in sports. Black community gets treated bad in schools. Black community has no jobs. The black community is oppressed. The black community gets killed by cops. The black community is practically extinct. Trump comes along after black activists repeat these things for the last 10 and 15, 20 years and says, you're right. You guys are going through these things. You're right. They are horrible. They're dreadful. Look at Chicago. Look at Dwayne Wade's cousin. Look at all these horrible, horrible things. And then those same activists say, whoa, 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 whoa. not good, not good, not good. Hey, black community's good. We're good. Trump is feeding into stereotypes. He's wrong. He's wrong. He's wrong. That's three messages. And now Kaepernick is on the verge of maybe having hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of football players taking a knee while the national anthem is being played 
to protest all of the horrible things that are happening to the black community. And all of those horrible things have been happening under a black Democrat president. It's a quandary, my friends, for the Democrats, and we'll see how it plays out. All right, it's the Rob Scary Show. We're done. We're out of here. It's over for us. Uh, guys, thank you for joining us on this wild week. We've had fun. We've had ups. We've had downs. Uh, we played with the Periscope. We'll continue to play with the Periscope next week. We'll continue to try to make the Periscope better. Go to Spreaker. Go to our Facebook Go to um, Blog Talk Radio. Go to our website, The Rob Zakari Show. Go there. Listen to the program. Watch the program. Read our stories. Um, I don't know. All the above. You guys have been great. We will see you Tuesday. We will be off Monday. I know. I know. Don't get too sad. But, yes, we will be off Monday. All right, we'll see you Tuesday. It's Rob's Carey Show. You guys are the best. See you.